and welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt, I've got a question. 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 Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Ryan, you're a jogger. You're a jogger. You're a jogger. You're a jogger. And I, we are not alone. We are here uh, because, as you may have already discerned, this is a case for our punk rock correspondent. So we are joined by our punk rock correspondent, Rachel D. Rachel D., yes, I have a sense of humor. Don't you sense my sense of humor? My fight's not with you. It's with Matt. oh guys uh guys some of you may be totally alienated and confounded right now and some of you may know that this is we're discussing fugazi's red medicine um and if so you are uh both alienated confounded and pleased uh because that is what uh you are here for if you're here for uh for for fugazi's um i i you know i didn't count i don't have the wikipedia page open uh in front of me but i'm gonna go off the top of my head and and say it is Fugazi's <laughs> one, two, three, I believe who fourth or fifth studio album from 1995. Um, it's, uh, and I'll just, I'll just, you know, all cards on the table, probably my favorite Fugazi album. Uh, and, uh, and, and as a little more, uh, context, uh, so Fugazi is the, um, stalwart, uh, post-punk post-hardcore band, uh, fronted by Ian Mackay, uh, and, uh, and, and do duly fronted by Guy Pichotto, uh, of discord records and of storied Washington DC, many, um, storied hardcore bands, uh, most notably minor threat. Uh, and again, as I've noted on this podcast, uh, you know, Ian Mackay, when fronting minor threat in the early eighties was a person who coined the idea straight edge. So like, this is like a late career album by Jesus for some Christians. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, and I think in saying all of this, I'm, I'm certain that I'm just setting myself up to be trolled epically by Matt. Uh, and you know, this is, uh, this is, this is Chekhov's fanboy. Um, just like, you know, if in the first act of TFT, uh, one of us professes to very much liking an album, uh, then the other will will probably poop on them in the second act. <laughs> um, and so I'm I'm ready I'm ready to fall. Uh, but the, this is uh, Fugazi is a band that I got into um, oddly kind of after Minor Threat, and it's it is that progression. If as you know, uh, I believe Minor Threat's um, entire discography probably fits within this the length of this album, and so Fugazi is the longer form, more experimental, more progressive, kind of larger scope. Um, modification and development of the ideas explored uh, in Minor Threat and throughout uh, the hardcore scene. And there's an album that came at the time kind of at this peak alternative or post peak alternative when there were lots of bands that we've already discussed uh, who had listened to Fugazi, who had listened to Minor Threat um, and and all of the other Discord bands were blowing up and um, having uh, multi-million dollar record deals and were on MTV and Fugazi was still doing it themselves. So so Matt, was this your first Fugazi? Uh, It was. And I I just want to say my lyric was 
was doubly confounding because I, I said it wrong. I purposefully misquoted this uh, Fugazi lyric from Target. The lyric is, you're a target, you're a target, you're a target. But it's sort of screamed in a, and it's, uh, you know, the distortion introduced be from overmodulating the microphone. Um... Uh, overmodulating the microphone or like some some other uh, means of introducing distortion into the track. I was marbles, uh, marbles in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. The secret is marbles in the mouth. <laughs> I was jogging this morning. Uh, I was out running, and uh, this song came on, and I heard "You're a jogger, you're a jogger, <laughs> you're a jogger, you're a jogger," just because of the distortion and because of where my mind was, and I was like. Fuck you. I'm not a jogger. I'm a runner. And I picked up the pace. So, uh, well, and then it's funny. And then you were rewarded by the, at the, by the final track, which, uh, Rachel quoted from, uh, by saying it's you're right. You are a long distance runner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh well, five miles, not a super long distance. Yeah. This is, I mean, I've heard, I've heard Fugazi. I've heard about Fugazi more than I've heard Fugazi. Right. Um, as, as I think have many people, to be honest. <laughs> and I, I actually, I, so I'm, I mean, I'm sort of curious. So this, if this is your favorite Fugazi record, I mean, I, I, in reading some secondary material, I heard about it as being kind of a departure from the earlier stuff. Um, the, and I wondered, I wondered what your opinion was on whether this is a good introduction to the band's oeuvre generally, to the whatever ninety song uh, oeuvre that they were all they all had to be prepared to play at a moment's notice at any one of their shows. I, I think it is because it comes at. You know, at at an inflection point in their career, I think they had two more full length um, albums after this one, um, and so I'd say that this album and the one immediately um, preceding it and on the Kill Taker are probably. I mean, I think if if you want what you want to be introduced, I guess it depends on what element of Fugazi you want to be introduced to, right? If you want the kind of full scope of Fugazi's career, I think this is the right one because it still has these songs that are kind of being, you know, create that um, that feeling of being pummeled, right? And and have that, and especially there are moments on this album that go quite hard. Um, but this is also introduces and i think is the first album that really at length starts to play with these elements of dub and of um and of kind of these you know these introductions and uh and and kind of tape experiments and you know almost <laughs> gesturing almost to to a you know 2016 vintage prog r&b album right <laughs> with these small interstitials and transitional pieces um and so that there's a sense where there's there's playing with textures and layers um, and things that, uh, you know, are increasingly, I think, increasingly intricate. I mean, there are definitely times when I was listening to this uh, today on headphones, actually also while running, uh, that are like uh, where you just kind of say, man, that guitar noise. <laughs> and uh, and that there are just very kind of specific, um, you know, just really things that are just wrenched out of, of the guitars. I mean, I know, Rachel, what, uh, how do you um, you know, take this within the, the Fugazi oeuvre. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I mean, I agree with you that I think it is, um, I think it's a good introduction to Fugazi. I think it is kind of like a nice, uh, 
a nice sort of like exemplar of kind of like what their deal is generally. And I think it's like a fairly good kind of like, as you described an inflection point and like representative of kind of like the, the grand scope of like their albums. Right. Cause I think if you listen to like, I don't know, like the song waiting room, yeah. that's not really totally representative of like what they kind of have done and like the sound in general. Right. Which is like the first song on their first kind of like release. They're kind of like first full length release. Um, and, and is, you know, um, is a very high energy fun song. Like, yeah. let me, let me just put that out there. It's a great song. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say, but um, it's like more punky, I yeah. think in some ways. And this is like, to me, this is a good example of sort of like the, the, uh, it's like a good kind of high watermark of like the post-punk sound they create. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. think to me, they like created and like really honed. Oh, hold, hold that thought because, uh, <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm going to have a question in a minute. That's good. Well, then we, but we must uh, follow uh, proper TFT parliamentary procedure by uh, by moving by moving to to uh, adjourn for commercial before opening the floor to questions. Uh, so we will do that. So if you've not um, heard Red Medicine or not heard it for a while, go ahead and put it on. It is it, it's brisk, right? So if you are indeed a long distance runner, you'll probably get um, about one and a half to two spins of this <laughs> album in. Whereas if you're more of a short to medium distance runner, this may be just right for you. Um, but uh, give it give it a spin. Um, you know, put some put some headphones on because I think that there is as much as that it may also give you a headache. There are a lot of details uh, to catch, uh, both uh, both of the more abrasive sort and of of the more elusive sort. Um, and then uh, once you've gotten a, a chance to absorb red medicine a little bit, join us right back here after this word. From our commercial sponsors. Do you like buying products, goods, and services made by industrial businesses? I wouldn't say I like it, but, but do. But are you resigned to to doing it because there's no alternative means of production? That 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 sums me up to a T. <laughs> well, have you ever tried to? Do it yourself. Oh, but is there like a kit I could buy that helps me do it myself? No, there's no fucking kit, you loser. You do it yourself. Just make food with the materials that you have around you. Look, what what is in front of you right now? Right now, what is directly in front of you? Uh, an Amazon Echo. <laughs> <laughs> well, put it in the fucking pot and boil it until it's soft and you can eat it for dinner tonight. That's how you do it yourself. You make your life out of the materials you find in your immediate vicinity. Huh. Wow, this is what Alexa tastes like. <laughs> but what if what if I can't get the same kinds of economies of scale that all those industrial businesses can get? That's good. We're smashing industrial capitalism by destroying each of its industries one by one. Agribusiness, the fashion enslavement complex, and more are going to fall but, 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 you know, to, as we return to a subsistence level of economic activity by doing it ourselves. Uh, so, 
I, I, I got to go poop because I ate an Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> well, dig a hole outside. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you mean do you mean that my indoor plumbing is part of advanced industrial capitalism? <laughs> That's right. Who do you think made those pipes? They're made of PVC plastic. Go outside. Oh. Dig a hole. Is it tough to do in Boston in the winter? Tough shit for when you shit. That's I guess I'm, DIY. I guess I'm, I guess I'm pooing it myself. <laughs> DIY. Uh, when you really want to bring the system down around you. Matt, I understand that you have a question for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know, this, this is going to be a very interesting question after that advertisement <laughs> we just listened to. <laughs> right, Ryan, uh, this, this Fugazi... Uh, with their eschewing the uh, the faster paced, uh, maybe slightly funner punk in your face aesthetic for something that could even be described as a little jammy at moments on this record, their uh, their combination of uh, traditional punk song structures with uh, with noise, with just enough noise rock and uh, and just enough experimentation with this sort of non strophic movement form that their songs are constructed in. They're uh, they're incoherent screaming. Mm-hmm. When did they decide to make a breeders album? <laughs> you know, as just an aside, uh, what I asked uh, Rachel this morning uh, was uh, whether Fugazi was a ska band. <laughs> um, yeah, when did they decide to make a Breeders album? I mean, I, I have to say it's probably around 1994. <laughs> sure. I think if you have to, uh, if you have to say it, it's it's once the, all the once all of the Breeders have sold out, <laughs> then um, then then the then the punks become Breeders, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, it is a sense of like it's it's. It's it's a really interesting question because it is like it's it's amazing that by 1995, all you have to do to be really going against the grain is be the breeders in like 92, 93. Yeah, (laughs) right. Because that's how kind of that's how mainstreamed kind of hard rock, alternative rock, punk rock has become. Right. And so once. Once Dookie, right, is is pop, right, and once um, Soundgarden is 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 pop, right, and is kind of alternative. And to be uh, yeah, and to be fair, that sound got a lot glossier through the nineties, right, yeah. and the the there were rock formats that sort of developed around it, around the kind of the one in in L.A. It was actually just up the dial from K Rock. It was uh, one hundred seven point something, but they called it Modern Rock. Was the right, right was the name of the format format at the time that I remember anyway and that that it was like it was like later Nine Inch Nails later uh, not Pearl Jam but later Soundgarden stuff that all got you know Green Day stuff that got uh, sort of glossier more produced more compressed and a little more uh, I guess it all got a little more butt rocky or a little more I mean a little more um, 
obvious in its uh, in the kinds of satisfaction that it was offering. Well, it is. I mean, I know uh, we've talked a little bit about butt rock last week also. And and I, I think again about um, Mark Lee's grand unified theory of butt rock, right, that he wrote on Overthinking It, um, we'll link to in the show notes. Um, I think it, and he, he wrote it after the quiet riot uh, episode that Jordan and I did a while ago. And that this idea of that the, the, the dichotomy that he posed is that what butt rock is opposing is head rock or right? rock of, of that is that is conceptual um, and post and and kind of concerned with with artistry. And, and butt rock is this kind of, you know, is is concerned with the lowest common denominator, whatever that is at a given time and place. Um, and, and so there is a sense of um, I mean, it's it's I think that what is what's interesting about Fugazi is that it is always it's always music. And, and this is like true of the kind of hardcore that, that preceded this is that it's always kind of right on that slippery slope to the butt. Right. It's right at the <laughs> it's right at the at the at just the cusp of that of the of the crack. The, right? the nape, um, the, the small of the back. Yeah, yeah, it's small of the back rock, right? Um, and and that, and, and so it is, and so it's it's spinal cord rock is right is what it is, right? Because um, it's what is conducting the butt and the brain. Because um, there is this kind of muscular um, aggressive. Uh, energy, right? But that, like, it's it's well known that like um, Ian Mackay would would like stop moshing, right? He would he would like in Fugazi shows um, would prevent mosh pits, right? And would prevent kind of these kind of uh, uh, explosions of kind of aggressive aggressive um, boneheaded uh, energy. Um, and also, I mean, there are some other things that you probably read or saw um, about Fugazi that um, all of their shows were generally in uh, all ages venues, um, and they were um, they were typically five dollars. It was it was the uh, desired uh, price point. I mean, I remember. Um, so I never have seen Fugazi live. Um, because um, by the time I was kind of really, really into them, they were already um, on hiatus, right? And they've never fully broken, uh, uh, broken up, right? They're just, they're just in some long dormancy. <laughs> um, and and their their last album, uh, the argument was, I think, two thousand one. So just as I was starting college, um, and was just kind of. Um, you know, developing, um, better musical taste. Um, like, you know, like, let's be real. When Fugazi recorded his last album, I was still half into emo and half into Dave Matthews band. So, <laughs> I mean, which means that I actually really would have liked this album. Uh, <laughs> like this actually really was like, I didn't know it, but like, this was absolutely the album for 18, 19 year old me. Um, but I remember, uh, much later, uh, around 2006, uh, Ian Mackay actually did a, um, a talk, uh, at, um, uh, at Yale. And I, I got to go to dinner with him with a group of people afterwards. Uh, because one of my friends, um, actually friend of the podcast, Pete Feigenbaum of Dino Walrus, uh, had put this talk together. And, um, I remember, uh, I, I said to Ian, I was like, oh, I've never, I never got to see Fugazi. He's like, Oh, well, where, where are you from? I'm like, Oh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He's like, Oh, we played Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And he says like the exact date in like 1994 that they played in Lancaster. And I said, well, 
like I was 12 years old and he just, without even blinking, he looks at me and says, but all of our shows were all ages. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I didn't know. Like, like I, I, I still had barriers to entry. I wasn't cool enough to know about the Fugazi show or, or able to have permission to go to it as Dude, a 12 year old. How would you? Cause like the only 12 year olds who probably went to Fugazi shows probably had older brothers and sisters and lived in the DC area or are like feral bike punk children. Right. <laughs> right. So you're right. Or, or they're part of the traveling band of feral bike punk children who roam the streets of the Northeast corridor and uh, hop from Amtrak to Amtrak. Um, but those damn ass Sella trains really ruined that scene. <laughs> yeah. The, the boxcar bike punks. Right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, how would you if not like living in DC and being sort of like more cognizant of them? Yeah. Or in, in a city, right. In, there, yeah. in that kind of a, a density. Um, but yeah, so that there is a sense. And, and I, I think I do remember though, I have, memories of that around that time of having a passing familiarity of Fugazi. I think I went as far as holding a Fugazi CD in my hand at a Sam Goody record store at the mall and looking at it. And this wasn't a Sam Goody that had a listening station. And I, I, I looked at it and, and it must have been probably around, right around this time, maybe 94, 95. But I, I think it was Repeater because uh, it was the one that had Fugazi in the largest font. So I was very certain that it was a Fugazi <laughs> album. <laughs> and, and, and I looked at this Fugazi that I had heard something about and I just didn't know what it was all about and I put it down um, and so that and and so I, I would only return to it um, uh, much later that's funny I mean there is a there is a uh, Ryan Sheely alternate universe fan fiction <laughs> Right, <laughs> that we could write that uh, you know is like what would have happened, how you would have developed. It's like the uh, it's like the video that Mark Lee made for overthinking it, where he really actually took seriously extrapolating uh, what rock and roll would be like if Chuck McFly, if 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 Chuck Berry, <laughs> Chuck McFly, if Chuck Berry had heard Marty McFly uh, play that uh, ridiculous noise rocky guitar solo. I uh, think. To, for me, just as like as an answer, I think it would have been the long road to Ryan becoming like a sous chef. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Go on. I just like to me, it's like that choice, that choice to listen to Fugazi at that tender age. Like, it would just like led to a bunch of more like intense decisions that would have led you to like. I'd probably have a be lot- a professional yeah. sous chef. I'd, I'd probably have a lot more tattoos. Yeah, yeah you'd have. A a lot more. You would have Which sleeves. Any, any tattoos yeah, would any be a tattoos, lot more. Right. You'd have, yeah, some tattoos and or sleeves, and you would definitely be a professional sous chef, but like you would definitely be trying to make your own like, I don't know, like uh, you'd, be, you'd want to open your own like uh, Lancaster comfort food place or something. That's interesting. Uh, yes. I, you're saying I'd never leave Lancaster. Not No, you might leave Lancaster, but just wherever <laughs> you were, your ambition would be to have your own place that did like state like variants on like uh, uh, uh like Lancaster, Pennsylvania Dutch comfort food, and other like Americana. Right, right, right. But I, uh, <laughs> but like if I had to kill an animal, I would definitely do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, you'd run a farm. You'd run. It would be very like Noma style or something like that, where yeah, you like yeah. you forage, you forage in the urban in the urban wilderness for uh, you know for microgreens and and such, and then have a 
have your own chickens in the backyard that you slaughter yourselves and pluck. Yeah, you know? it is interesting. Fugazi really is kind of farm to table rock, right? <laughs> like, um, they're they're slow slow rock. Um, not, not only that they started to slow down the tempo on this album with some of these dubby uh, numbers, but that it is. I mean, I do think, and we were talking about this earlier. I mean, there is so much here that is about where the. It, it is an album that is about means of production, right? And and that, you know, both in the content, right? When you can kind of discern some of the words through the distortion um, and and the, the styling, right? The word um, generation is used derisively twice, right? On, on Target and I think on By You. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, even it's, it's kind of there in Long Distance Runner um, and, and uh, uh, I mean, I think in, in, in do you like me as well, right? Of these various, you know, various degrees of, you know, rejecting kind of corporate capitalism in general, but then as related to the music industry, right? And it's like this album um, is a like protracted answer <laughs> to the question, why are you not on a major label, right? Why aren't you the next Nirvana? Um, and and it's, it's interesting because I, I don't know I guess the question is, what is the answer to that question? Um, because I think it's, it is, you know, by choice, right? Like the, uh, um, oh, which is it, is it from, um, say anything where like, is it where John Cusack says like, if you guys know so much about women, what are you guys doing here? Like talking to me on a Friday night, right? And the guys go by choice. Um, I think, I think it's that, but like the, that it's like this, the answer to the, the question of why aren't you guys the next big alternative band is the short answer is by choice. <laughs> um, and that the the longer answer is about kind of this, you know, the like what it, a, a reflection on what it means to do it yourself. And some of that is sonic and some of that me like of, of some of the sonics, some of that are, are lyrics and some of that is at the level of kind of composition and and macro structure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I am curious about the, like, is it, I, I want to talk about the, the politics and the sort of stance against, um, various aspects of the bullshit of the, well, like, uh, I guess I say the bullshit, like that's a received idea. Um, is, is the music business bullshit? Like, uh, yes, probably, but like, why, you know, cause it elevates mediocrity, uh, maybe I guess because it, it commodifies artistic output. Okay. Sure. Uh, because it, it, uh, is based on the sort of, um, capitalist model of creating, you know, creating desire by, uh, creating desire and products to fulfill the desire, sure. But what I mean, what specific? <laughs> but other, but other than all that, <laughs> right. yeah, right. Other than that, how did you enjoy the play, Mrs. Lincoln? The the um, the uh, yeah. I mean, is this? But you know, I don't know. The, the it's funny. It's difficult to talk about these days, and I'm struggling a little bit to like to dig in and find an objection because the idea of selling out, you know, the, the idea, like, you know, if you're a, a young person wanting to kind of do some creative media thing now, now it's all about like collabs, like, Hey guys, I'm really proud for my first Instagram sponsorship. Thanks to Adidas for sending me these awesome yeah. shoes, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I think the idea of selling out has like ceased to be even like a live 
idea to like, like this new generation. Like so, they don't even know what it means. So what? So so what? Based on that, because you're right. Based on that, like, are Fugazi fallen heroes or were they wrong? Huh. Huh, huh. Right? Like, is this is is this the if this is the teleology of of late capitalism, right? Like to to get to the point where you know every fourteen year old is like a brand marketer, a largely unpaid brand marketer uh, via social media, right? Like, well, is this where we were all headed, or is this uh, 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 is this like a bad? Are we in the darkest timeline? I, you know, I guess. As a Fugazi fan, I kind of think they're fallen heroes, hmm. but I'm never going to make any money and neither are they like, and that's like the, that's just like the, 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 it's like, that is like the sad, like truth of it. Right. Is that, you know, if you, if you can find satisfaction doing something shitty that makes money, then good for you, man. Like I, I'm happy for you that you feel like satisfied doing what you do and having the like cross promotional shilling that is like your, your personality and brand. But like, I, you know, I I certainly have never looked at that stuff and gone like, wow, that person's doing some really interesting work there. (laughs) Like, and, 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 you know, and it's fine. And like, that's me. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, I mean, I guess it's, I don't want, you know, this all sounds like it's breaking down for me as I say it into this some sort of free to be me, you and me moral relativism. But like, I, I do think like, I do think there must exist people who like do this kind of what I would describe as kind of like the commodification of self and what in their art and what yeah. their output. Yeah. And like, they feel they are totally, they really think it's okay. Like, or they don't feel it's not like a choice. I, I I think for some people, it's not like this conflicted choice. It just really is okay. It's yeah. okay. And like, they don't see sort of like a, an issue with them, you know, and I, it goes back to something I read where like, um, I read this again. I mean, I'm quoting a, a like article that I read and probably don't remember well, but like, apparently there's this like kind of like survey done on like Jen. What, what is this new one? Why? The Z. T- Z. Z. Gen has it, Z. Wait, has it started over? Has it wrapped around and started over Gen, again at Gen, A? Gen double A. Gen double A. Those are the current zygotes. Like. Right. Uh, Gen Z is, uh, they like watching ads. Like, they are totally cool <laughs> with watching ads. They engage with ads. Like, they, it's like the, the, the uh, kind of like, uh, distaste for ads is like apparently not quite as strong in that generation. And like, I just, I, it just makes me wonder, like, I do think we uh, like things have changed. That's for sure. Um, I, you know, I guess like from my old fogey perspective, I don't really necessarily love it, but I mean, to your point, Matt, I don't know that it does seem like, you know, uh, you know, that could just be the kind of Luddite tendency in me and like the kind of reactionary conservatism happening. Right. The Puritan in me, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, I I, mm, I think of it. I don't know. Ryan, do you, do you have a do you have a, a perspective bef- before I uh, go? I'm, I'm, I'm still thing? working. I'm still working through it. Um, I, so if you am I, I mean, you, I mean, you basically me struggle <laughs> i sort of think well yeah, yeah i mean i and my i was struggling in the in the same way as you and the way that i like um the way that i contextualize it is like what 
you know, what is good about you, right? Like what, and, and when you do things, what is good about the things that you do, right? Like when you create value, when you make something creative, like what, what is the goodness? Is, is it good? Is your drawing good to the extent that it looks like a Disney movie or is your drawing good to the extent that it, uh, you know, that it expresses something about your experience and sort of what, what is your experience like, and is your experience always sort of mediated by these, uh, mediated by these kind of commercial images and forms and, and, you know, and things, and things like this. Like I, I, the, the original place I wanted to take this, this question was that what, what is the relationship between the aesthetic qualities of the music and the revolutionary politics, right? Or the, right, the right. you know, the critique of capitalism, like, because, well, because like, don't you think just hypothetically, don't you think it might be very effective to have an extraordinarily catchy critique of capitalism. (laughs) If you could, if you could get Max Martin to produce your critique of capitalism, don't you think it would get out there to the, you know, Uh, yeah, that, that class system, just shake it off. Right. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I would say the workers have their chains doing that pretty okay. And the workers have their chains, 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 chains. <laughs> they have nothing to lose, 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 lose. Just shake it off. Um, the Run the Jewels is is doing that pretty well. Yeah, it, well, sure. It's selling a. It's it's definitely selling a, a vision of hip hop rebellion to a lot of suburban white teenagers. Well, no, but also right, they get like you're right, you're right. It's suburban white thirty somethings too. No, 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 but they're, they also like are getting open, like they're open. They've had in the last year, uh, both Bernie and Jeremy Corbyn as their <laughs> opening act, right? <laughs> so, like, and also, also kind of, right, 60 something, um, like, like, per, uh, former pariah, now, now kind of mainstream socialists. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the, the old, the oldies, the like the old consciousness raising. Um, but, but I, you know, I sort of wonder if the um I sort of wonder if the the more alienating or the more kind of disruptive aesthetic elements of the music of what we call the sonics on this podcast like has to do um you know has to do with kind of needing to almost rip down the dominant paradigm, right? Mm-hmm. To, to sort of tear at the fabric uh, yeah. a little bit because the fabric is too uh, finely woven, right? It's too impenetrable. And the kind of the logic, the logic of the inevitability of our, of our you know, um, post-sellout world it is too impenetrable. And the kind of the, the beauty, the kind of the, the gleaming, shiny, wall of of pop music and and of what like even a sort of quasi protest music like quote unquote alternative had become uh i mean maybe a little later in the 90s but was well on its way to being already right that that needs to be it can't just be refuted it sort of has to be destroyed and that like yeah. uh that the the that at least this is my stab at explaining the link between the way the kind of the noise rocky uh the noise rocky things uh, uh aspects of this and the um 
you know, and the, the, uh, the social position that they take, because I don't hear artiness in, in the noise rock, the way you hear artiness in, in some other very celebrated, uh, noise bands, you know, like, like Sonic Youth is, is art, is arty. Um, and this is not, this is not like that. This, there's, there's something a little more visceral, uh, uh, to it because of the, you know, um, I think because of, the, of some of the desperation with which it's 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 delivered. Anyway, well, I, I think that that's there. I mean, part of that idea is um, on the song "Target," which comes right kind of in the middle of. That's the, the one album. about about how you're a jogger. You're a jogger. You're a jogger. You're a yeah, jogger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, but he says early on, right? It's cold outside, and my hands are dry. Skin is cracked, and I realize that I hate the sound of guitars. A thousand grudging young millionaires forcing silence, sucking sound, forced into this conversation, um, right? And later on. Um, in, in his second verse, he says, "The torch is past; it's yours to return. Lay at their feet now; use it to burn for marketing the use of the word generation, a false alliance of money persuading, forcing silence, sound sucking, forced into this conversation." And I think, and, and this is mentioned in I think another review, but like you know, like yes, there are like these are this is guitar rock for people who've come to hate the sounds of guitars, uh-huh. right? Like right, like this is what it sounds like when guitars cry, right? Um, <laughs> uh, because like the, like it, like and they're they're like voicing the pain of the guitars, like because the guitar the guitars, uh, um, like the artists, like kind of everyone has been exploited, right? Like this is like the pain yelp of the guitar, right? And because like there are guitar sounds. <clears throat> Uh, on this song and, and and on this album, but they are there are precious few chords, right? There, there are um, and they aren't really solos either. There are these the, there are these spindling kind of spiraling um, guitar lines, um, and and some of them kind of buzz in and out like like kind of electrical probes and shocks and, <laughs> and, and waves, uh, and others are kind of more like uh, I don't know. Like like the sound of like a proton pack uh, in in Ghostbusters, right? Like this this kind of wave of energy that oscillates and hits you and and, and holds you uh, and, and and paralyzes you. Um, and and so that there is this. You're right that it is this like kind of uh, it, it it is a, there are these moments where there's like a, a destruction of these sounds. Right. And, and is it, uh, is it, yeah. Sounds, is right? it by you that ends with the screaming feedback before version yeah, and, so. and version, and then it goes into version, which is an instrumental. Yeah. Uh, that like, as you like, listen, that is a very, uh, that is a very challenging <laughs> stretch to listen yep. to because you're listening to two kind of detuned feedback, uh, sounds from different guitars that are almost in tune with one another but aren't quite and they kind of go in and out of phase it's very it's like a dentist yeah. drill it's it's a little and and i mean that in the i i say that with respect you know that the, <laughs> <laughs> that it's it's very deeply unpleasant and uh um Right, right, like the dentist, it's it's um it's unpleasant but necessary. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's good for you. Yeah. Do you have good? Right. Exactly. Do you have good DIY hygiene? Well, you know, I think it's interesting. Like the and like actually the DIY hygiene and, and like kind of the lyrics of Target. 
I mean, the gauntlet is really thrown in that song. I, I don't know, like, if, if, if there's, like, to be a, I mean, if there's to be a song critiquing, like, the sellout culture of, like, the 90s grunge scene, <laughs> damn, right, wow, those lyrics are, are, are pretty, wow, gauntlet thrown. And, like, to me, it kind of makes me think of them as almost like Fugazi are sort of, like, the fitness instructors of like social consciousness, like <laughs> no excuses, never miss a Monday, like get it done. Like you made a choice. You're complicit. You don't have to make the choice. But my grandma, you can bow out. my grandma, yeah, my, so my grandmother died. I can't come to class. I can't come. No to class. excuses. Wake up every day and make the right choice. You've got to turn up your resistance, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to capitalism. <laughs> Uh, you know, like there really is like they I mean, to, to your point, our shows were all ages, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> you know, there really are like it, it really is hashtag no excuses here in Fugazi land <laughs> when it comes to making like socially conscious choices that, uh, you know, and and, and not being, uh, you know, but not being part of this uh, larger uh, quote conversation. So I think that part of this idea, I love this idea of the kind of um, fitness instructors of of, of social consciousness. And, and I think that like part of that discourse it, as it exists in um, fitness world is about accountability, right? And there it's a kind of, it's a hierarchical form of accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, that what I think is interesting about Fugazi and about some of the other elements of the sonics that kind of um, connect in a different way to the, the the kind of social project of the album is the way in which this band exists as a as a collective right and we've talked about like collectives before uh, uh, of the ex- a collective comma experimental noise um, and that there is there are a new a number of things here um, that that kind of build on that, right? Even though, like, you know, I, I, I slipped earlier on um, and sort of, like, kind of identified Ian McKay as the front man, there is no front, back, or sides to this band, right? It, it is uh, it is a smooth orb um, of, of sound. And, um, it, but, the, right, the, the songs are about evenly split, right? Um, and I, I don't know if you can, you, you ascertained it, Matt, but it's it basically Guy Picciotto uh, is the... Um, is the slightly higher, more nasally um, voice of uh, of Do You Like Me of of Target, uh, aka Jogger, uh, and uh, Ian Mackay is the slightly more mid range uh, baritone of um, Bed for the Scraping of Long Distance Runner um, of Birthday Pony, um, and and so and they, they alternate about. Um, one by one um, between either one of those uh, or. Um, uh, uh, or, or instrumentals. And so that just that alone kind of very much, right. It's like, it's like the joke in spinal tap, right. Where it's, they're both lead guitar, but, um, but it's because this is a worldview where everyone is a lead guitar. Right. Um, and, uh, there is a, a sense of that, but I think beyond the kind of sharing of the vocal duties is the, I think also the sense, and and this is written about, but you you hear this. I think you actually hear it on the instrumentals, and I think especially on um, 
the one that falls right in the middle uh, combination lock of you know just um, but then you, and once you kind of hear that and you hear it throughout the album of the tightness of the rhythm section of the drum and the bass um, and 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 the the kind of interplay between the, uh, both of those players and both guitars and both vocals um, and, and it creates this whole and it is this whole entity right and so that and i guess this 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 point is that like there this kind of sense of accountability um is is lived out in this kind of peer accountability i mean you you mentioned this um you know earlier matt that there they had the idea that they they had to be able to play any of their 90 songs in any given show yeah that's that is, that's true that's something i heard right that's actually true right yeah, it is, um, and uh, it's it's uh, at the very least it's it's received urban le- legend. Um, but I think that it, it fits right with this idea of, I mean, that is a, right? So that is a like Fugazi is not so much a, ma- a band as a, like a code of ethics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and- this sounds. This all sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know what else is exhausting? Being a long distance runner. <laughs> um, and that's right, it's there in the um the uh the lyrics to that song, right? Um what is it? Um the answer is there, the answer is there, but there's not a fixed position. It keeps moving along and I keep longing along coming along. That's why I'm a long distance runner. Right? And then later on, and if I stop to catch my breath, I might catch a piece of death. I can't keep your pace if I want to finish the, this race. My fight's not with you. It's with the gravity, right? Um, and so it is exhausting. But I guess part of the thing is that when when it's exhausting, you you pace yourself, right? Uh, and, and I do think, though, that it is – it's kind of a relay, right? And, that, and so that part of these, these kind of – I guess what I'm trying to set up is that these things exist – and and kind of getting back to this question um, about kind of did they are they fallen heroes or or were they wrong? Um, I, you know, I I think and and kind of thinking about this vis a vis the kind of the kind of social media economy influencer economy we have now that probably I mean I would just go here's the experiment go on Instagram and search the Instagram um, hashtag hashtag DIY right (laughs) and there's probably a lot of uh, DIY influencers out there a lot of DIY collabs Um, and I think that uh, and and you know 27 million posts I mean, you know what? Collaboration is something that people did with like dictatorships, right? That was like a term used, right? Uh, of like, you know, of uh, of collaborators, right? With a with an oppressive regime. Um, I, I think that, right? Like, because there there are things that in the the kind of DIY social media, the the hashtag DIY social media economy that look like. DIYism, right? Um, and, but that I think that the kind of reciprocity that is there is, I mean, th- there is often a kind of like hierarchical and non-reciprocated, <laughs> like there's a weird non-reciprocated reciprocity, right? Like there's a lot of this doing these things for a brand that you would 
like normally do for very dear friends, right? And mm-hmm. and for people that you love uh, and 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 that are part of your community. Um, and somehow brands, corporations, um, kind of or or otherwise kind of big fish. Uh, have have kind of captured that willingness. Um, and I think that the, you know, because the, the Fugazi model is that is existing in in smaller communities and at the at the kind of smallest unit, the Fugazi, right? Um, but, you know, we're generally in a scene, um, in a um, in a in a neighborhood, in a family, right? In a and it's some kind of like, like, actually, and I think that you know, it is that that kind of community and kind of thinking uh, social, like scientific theories on community. It, one of these kind of pillars of that is that it is unmediated, and I, I think that there's a sense in which there's a belief that like that social media. You know, social media kind of prints this simulacrum of unmediatedness. It's right there in the name, man. Social media. It's a medium. It's mediated by definition, man. but like i just dm'd like my soul cycle instructor like we're besties (laughs) that's a real relationship i have dude you're you're talking to a bot (laughs) it's all bots (laughs) but that's i mean that that's sort of interesting like uh, rachel's joke in the in the commercial about like wait does this not limit the the forms of economic activity the the complexity of the structures that you can can create like I was, th- I mean, I was thinking about this. I I searched DIY on Instagram. I'll put a link to that to that hashtag in uh, in the show notes. And then I searched it on Tumblr. Actually, Instagram strikes me as the more DIY one of of uh, Tumblr's just all all cute pictures. Though there is some like some things made with like a, a hot glue gun and a thin plastic headband or whatever. But the um, <laughs> Like, uh, uh, what, what the, the idea is that like in uh, the increased efficiency of industrial production frees you up in some way, right? Because not everybody has to be involved in survival and it, it sort of frees you up, I suppose, to, to write symphonies and novels and to paint and to, you know, I don't know, um, uh, take up improv in your thirties and things like that. But it, (laughs) it free, but it's, it's. It's a little more insidious than that, right? It sort of it frees you up to remix and recapitulate the the forms of that industrial production sort of takes because you don't yep. you don't have raw you don't have access to raw material right and ev- yep. ev- everything you have is already mm-hmm. has already mm-hmm. kind of been through the system and been uh, ideologically yeah, at least tainted by it you know i mean that's what's interesting so two things i mean so part of what again the sound of fugazi is just is melting it all down for scrap right, right. <laughs> exactly yes that's this right is, yeah it's this is literally bed for the scraping yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it's molten rock, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and so that was one. And then the other thing that's just—I can't believe that it's taken us this long to hit this. But do you know where we are? We're back to Marcusa, right? Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, a hundred percent. Like this, like it's, it's exactly. Um, and and it's interesting because like we talked about Marcusa and Radiohead, and Radiohead was offering kind of one kind of Marcusian kind of critique of a couple years later in the nineties. But like, you know, the other is, is to like, is, 
I guess I guess is to like burn it all down, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's slash and burn rock and roll, right? <laughs> and yeah, because I mean, if if industrial production, like it, you know, we we were promised like jetpacks, and by that I mean like <laughs> we were promised that like all this industrial production was going to let us like only work like two hours a week. And then we could be like chill town, leisure, leisure, fun, creative output people. And like that hasn't happened. Right. And that hasn't happened. And the fact that it hasn't happened is sort of like the very thing like Fugazi is skeptical, skeptical of, you know, like, right. It's like that hasn't happened for like a whole host of reasons. And those are yes and so we should just burn it down (laughs) i mean this i'm i'm sort of taken with this this uh marcusean uh analysis of this right because the there's a very strong if you sort of look at marxianism as as being primarily economic that it is not in the interest uh that that exploitation of workers is not in the interest of workers a a, you know a proposition that seems self-evidently true uh though i'm you know it's probably more complex than that. Um, there's something Marcusean that is about sort of the deformation of the soul, right? Yeah. That's a little more about, uh, about what happens to, to an individual subjectivity and, yeah. and that like, it almost becomes very difficult to think your way out of this problem. And maybe that's why I struggled with some of the ideas so much at the beginning, but Fugazi have liberated me. Uh, I'm feeling the burn, uh, both on the, both the Fugazi, <laughs> the, the Fugazi and the Fugazi and cycle of my soul you know and uh um things like that 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 this is sort of why this is sort of why it's kind of necessary uh this is why it's necessary to kind of be such exemplars right like you can't you can't play one show at an 18 and over club right like you can't play one show where you charge uh, where you charge fifty because you're you're not the the stakes the stakes are sort of the 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 life of yeah. the human spirit not just like you know not just like oh no one will notice you know um, no one will notice this but uh, you know that that the stakes the stakes are always like we always have to uh, keep this strong um, the people you know, right, they're, yeah they're, they're they're not the fugazi we need but they're the fugazi we deserve. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, there is, I mean, I guess when you kind of answer your question, it's like maybe I, I so as you're describing this, I was really thinking about like the arc of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Yeah. And like maybe where we are is that like Fugazi is, um, they are, they're followed heroes in that they're at the bottom of Bane's pit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, and they need to crawl their way out. Right. <laughs> I was born here. Uh, yeah, um, little little bit more from uh, Marcuse, uh, from One Dimensional Man. The people recognize themselves in their commodities. They find their soul in their automobile, hi-fi set. Uh, by the way, yeah. I got a I got a really good uh, I got a really good vacuum tube amplifier for my uh, split level home kitchen equipment. Oh, speaking of which, I have a sous vide steak uh, with the Innova circuit. You know, um, right? The, the that we're sort of the uh, it's it's more that it's not just that we're kind of. Uh, we're commodified or we define ourselves through commodities. It's that they become sort of part of 
uh, part of our identity. Uh, so yeah. I want to I want to thank you guys for picking me up that run the jewels hat so that <laughs> so that I can so that I can sm- smash the capitalist system. It is. It's there on um, uh, it, that uh, Marcuse quote uh, and and your and your footnotes to it. <laughs> um, your delightfully uh, alienating uh, footnotes. Like, man, you are tr- it, like this is like some. I, I think. I think though, this is definitely multi-dimensional. <laughs> um, and uh, but th- it also makes me think of another song on this album, which is "Birthday Pony," right? Um, <laughs> Sure. And because, right? Because like, here's the lyrics um, to Birthday Pony, right? This is a birthday pony. This is a strange kind of rest because I feel like a guest when I'm right here at home. I'm not right here at home. I opened up these accounts, all these separate accounts, <laughs> because I can't comprehend the single ride to the end. Uh, I needed something to do. And so I split into two. But now the pattern takes hold. I find I'm losing control. Right. And and I think that that's I mean, I, I, I feel like that that is exactly that. Right. Because like this birthday pony is this stand in for this like desire. Right. Like um, this idea of this this idea, this this desire that you don't even know why you have it. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, and the structure. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I feel like a guest when I'm right here at home is, I think, illuminating because the structure of how the you know, the, the structure of the system is displacement. Right. Yeah. You get you get kind of pushed out of your rightful place as a subject and your subjectivity yeah. gets sort of reconstituted as a kind of like uh you know marketing driven capitalist desire you know mm-hmm. your subjectivity gets reconstituted as a sort of confluence of uh larger cultural forces uh and and uh you know the idea that like when i'm right here at home uh, i'm not right here at home because of the the uh, <laughs> because of the constructed the the particular constructedness of the idea of i'm here and home you know that 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 uh that that uh self-evidently contradictory statement can actually be true right totally um the other kind of funny thing about that though is i am imagining like just a slight version of a world slightly past ours where you are like both a simultaneously um, a uh, Airbnb host and guest at the same time, yeah. right? <laughs> um, which and and I mean I know that there are people probably who do that, but like where you are hosting yourself, right? <laughs> where you're being your own guest and paying yourself to stay in your own Airbnb. Be, be your own guest. Be your own guest. Put your own service to the test. Right. Like what, right. what, how good is your service? Do you serve? Are you a servant of the, of what though? Of the, of the paradigm, you know? The- I mean, that is a kind of an interesting idea where it's like, it, it's a vision where we're all our own kind of Ouroboros and all we're feeding is, is just like, I mean, it's back to the, the ad a little bit where it's like, we're all just eating. It's like, it's also like uh Soylent, right? Where, but it's like, a, it's a, the next step, set of a uh, Soylent. It's a new hack where you just, it's a new nutrient where you just poop in your own mouth and you just eat it and uh, and you're a self-contained system and and like and you're and hey you're doing it yourself <laughs> right you're self-reliant yeah, yeah well yeah i mean you, you, so look uh, ryan selling out to yourself is still selling out 
<laughs> I think that the, the the one other kind of line that I wanted to kind of just touch on, um, and I, I think that there is something actually of like kind of finding the silliness is that there's a line that I had never noticed it until really like listening to this album a bunch of times, but it's in um, in Fell Destroyed, right? And and the kind of refrain in Fell Destroyed is ring the alarm or you're sold to dying, right? And it's very kind of um, in line with all of what we've been talking about. But then the second time through in the recapitulation, um, the, the, the second line that Guy sings over that is, yes, I have a sense of humor. Don't you sense my sense of humor? <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's great, right? <laughs> <laughs> um and it's it's you know on maybe the most dour and dire of, of the songs um there's like a little like lol smiley emoji right? <laughs> like guys guys we are all we are all just being eaten by the machine <laughs> doesn't it does it isn't there like great uh, don't you hear a little bit of like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you in that. Like, isn't that like, don't you sense my sense of humor? I've got a sense of humor. It's funny jokes. Don't you find it funny? Like, what is that? It's not, it's not, it's a particular kind of trolling. It's not exactly passive aggressive. It's sort of yeah. like, it's, but it's, it's, um, there's a, uh, there's a pose of, uh, there's a pose of obedience. Uh, there, there is great disobedience. Uh, in the guise of obedience, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is how you know. Which is how uh, w- with a, a sibling or something, you're like, well, I'm just gonna stand over here and punch my fist as hard as I can into the air in front of me. And if you happen to be occupying it, yeah, yeah. if capitalism, if you happen to be occupying it, I'm gonna smash you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Capitalism, stop smashing yourself. Stop smashing yourself. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. The, there is that but that at the same time it is funny right like and and yet it's not really delivered like a joke but it is it is it's it's there it's it's there's just layers of like of 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 trolling there right um because it is like on the one hand there's no time for jokes um and yet uh it's a it's a very it's a very serious a uh, very serious joke um and and i think that 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 kind of trolling and absurdity is you know is also this kind of melting it down right you kind of have to melt it down uh and and kind of offend and shock and and disappoint um to to kind of make that progress because otherwise um it is all just kind of re it's all regurgitation right uh and it's all it's all being your own guest um this is left as an exercise to the listener but i encourage everyone i'll put this in the show notes the, the, i encourage everyone to go read the annotations on the lyrics to fell destroyed on genius which are about prescription drug side effects <laughs> and uh they're they're so wrong that it's it's almost kind I, you almost wonder if someone is doing an art project oh boy <laughs> oh wow yeah i see that <laughs> my god my god <laughs> anyway <laughs> 
Cool. Uh, so yeah, because if you really want to understand Fugazi, go to genius.com. <laughs> yeah, genius is definitely the best place to get like uh, the meaning of something. Because it's a community. Everyone's just doing yeah, it themselves. <laughs> I really, yeah, I feel like I'm part of something bigger when I read genius. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a whole that is less than the sum of its parts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and with that, we've done our part to 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 melt down the Internet <laughs> uh, and and, sh- and send it shooting back into your ears. <laughs> like guys, watch out for our, watch out for our collab with Genius. <laughs> yeah, exactly. T- T- TFT X Genius. <laughs> Don't you sense our sense of humor, Genius? Yeah. I mean, we, this podcast sold out a long time ago with all those ads. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> but this is good. You know, I, th- I, I, I was very worried that we wouldn't get to a Fugazi album in this stretch of the 90s because they were a band whose output, I guess they have one album each in um, the 80s uh, and in the 2000s. But there, the bulk of them um, is in the 90s, and this kind of falls smack dab in the middle of, of the 90s. So I'm I'm glad that we that we got this one in. Yeah, no, I I just want to say, like in 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 all earnestness, like there just really aren't bands making this kind of music. Like there was a hot moment in my like when I in my young tw- my early 20s, not my young 20s, uh, my early 20s, where there were bands that were trying to sound like this. Now there aren't. They're all trying to sound like Phil Collins. So <laughs> like this really is like a unique and shining like sound. Hey, hey man, there's no jacket required in your capitalist enslavement. All right? <laughs> so, you know, it's like if you were looking for like to break free from the hegemony of overproduced soft rock that we've like apparently <laughs> entered into uh then this is like an awesome antidote to that so you're ne- saying next, listen, next, listen, ne- listen to the heim album is what you're saying right <laughs> next yeah. next week lana del rey <laughs> exactly <laughs> well and, and it, next week will not be lana del rey um but actually it's kind of it's fitting uh, we're not going to call our own shot but we're going to keep moving through 1995 and onward through the 90s uh and I, I imagine um fugazi will be a touchstone that we kind of keep returning to now that it and uh, now that it has melted us down and built us back up again <laughs> um, so wherever we land in our um in our new utopia or uh in the uh endless the endless stream of co- content farms just know that when we see you next it will be very real <laughs> <laughs>